Hey, hey, everybody. It's episode 34. This is Ruby, and you're listening to the Trudy podcast. Episode 34. Well, that means that we only have another 266 episodes to get to my goal of 300. So if you've been listening this far, thank you. Got a long way to go, but we'll have a big, big party when we get to 300, I'm sure. Now, today's guest is Kendall Dodson. Kendall is many things. She's a mama, she's a primary school teacher and the creator of two businesses, Henry and Audrey and These Golden Days. At the end of 2019, I was lucky to spend three months partnering with Kendall as her coach. And I can honestly say that Kendall is a big, big, big hearted woman. She is very clear in her mission and and her values, which means that every action in her business is very thoughtful and very intentional. When Kendall and I connected, she was at this crossroads. She had a few really big decisions to make around her career and her businesses. Does she continue her teaching career? Does she build her two businesses, what mindset was going to be needed for her to powerfully move in this new direction once she had made this these bold decisions and really show up with more confidence and uh, be visible in her business. So together we worked on laying the foundation for success and she tells me that every day since uh, we started working together, she's nudged her comfort zone just a little bit. And as terrifying that as that is, I know that uh, it's brought many wonderful opportunities her way. And for those of you who are wondering what These Golden Days is, These Golden Days is about creating the space for your children to play, learn and create. Her goal is to inform and educate others of the benefits of play-based learning for young children and inspire parents to integrate this into their homes. All of the products are inspired by natural beauty of the Australian environment and are kind to the earth. Okay, here's episode 34 with the delightful candle. podcast your very own work bestie each week we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career all while navigating a path towards meaningful work I'm your host Ruby Marsh let's do this Kendall welcome to the true to you podcast it's such an honor uh, to be interviewing you this morning because we have a special relationship uh, having worked together for several months now so it's a real pleasure to be sitting with you today. Thank you, <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> the first question that I ask everyone uh, in their interviews is what gets you out of bed in the morning Kendall? Uh, well physically say my toddler, mm-hmm. my two-year-old son Xander, he, um, he likes to wake us up by leaning over our faces and starting to talk about lawnmowers and garbage trucks, they're his favourite, so um, he's pretty keen to get up and get started on the day, um, but I guess um, metaphorically, so to speak, um, 
my I have a real zest for life and yeah. I'm really keen to get out and have a go and get started um, oh and coffee yeah, yeah. of course yeah there's, <laughs> there's usually some sort of caffeine yes or, definitely <laughs> uh, I interviewed a yoga teacher friend of mine a couple of weeks ago and she said that she goes straight for the coffee and she was laughing because she said this is really not very yoga but I'm sorry <laughs> that is what I do yeah <laughs> so we can all relate to that one now, you've had a really interesting change in your career in recent months, which has been really beautiful to uh, witness and be a part of. Uh, I would love to know, though, let's go back in time and look at where you've come with your career uh, like where you grew up, where you're from, um, where you're living and working now and, and what your career looks like at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So um, I was born in Newcastle. I've lived here for most of my life. So I'm very passionate about Newcastle <laughs> and being a Novocastrian. <laughs> um, I, when I finished year 12, I, um, I guess as most school leavers, teenage school leavers are, I was really unsure of what I wanted to do. Um, so I guess I sort of looked to others to help point me in the direction for a career path. I've always been quite creative and that's something that I've always felt like I had a, a bit of a skill set in, but I suppose we didn't have that relative in our family who made a career out of being an artist or a mm. designer and and I we didn't I didn't feel like I had that role model, I suppose, to um to show that that could be a career path, not not just a hobby. Yeah. So um I've always been really passionate about children and education and teaching seemed like a logical direction to take and I felt like it was something that I could still be creative in as well mm. and I guess as cliche, cliche as it sounds I wanted to feel like I was making an impact in the world and contributing to something that was bigger than me mm. so I felt like teaching would sort of quench that <laughs> Uh, so I applied for um, teaching at Newcastle University and I didn't get in the first year so actually it was a little bit random. I went and did um, a traineeship at a building society yeah. and was a bank teller for a year, which was interesting. And um, then the following year applied for teaching again and got in. And for, for the most part of my degree, I balanced working at the bank with, with um, uni. And then when I graduated, I actually casually taught at a Lake Macquarie school for about a year and then I was offered a temporary contract the following year and I, I've stayed there for eight years. So wow. Yeah, I found my comfort zone <laughs> well and truly and, um, yeah, I had a, went through a lot of personal growth in that time mm. as well and um, I, I guess I've slowly transitioned away from, from teaching over that time and dropped back to part-time teaching just so I could have a bit of a balance and I guess try to give my creative side a bit more airtime, mm, mm. something that I felt like was lacking. Mm. Um, I think everyone knows a teacher in some capacity and can probably understand how mentally, emotionally and physically draining it is and all-consuming. So stepping back to part-time did help me a lot with transitioning to something new. Um and then, yeah, at the end of last year, I made the decision to to uh, not take on a, a contract of teaching this year and focus on my 
side hustle as it was then. Yeah. And currently I'm still living in Newcastle and with my little family and I'm full-time in my business and I'm also doing some casual teaching on the side to keep in touch and, let's be honest, to help pay the bills (laughs) during this time. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, And how's it felt? You talked a little bit I guess, about your personal growth that you went through during your career. Is there anything in particular that comes up for you that that you wanted to share? Uh, yeah, I, I suppose I, um, I mean, during that time, I also met my husband, now husband, uh, which he has had a, uh, an incredible in- impact on me. Mm. Um, he's one of my number one supporters and yeah. he's really allowed me and supported me to sort of step more into that creative side yeah. and really acknowledge that it's it is a valid skill set and there are opportunities that can come from stepping into that and tapping into that and just I guess over that time I've really grown in myself and my confidence and starting to now really I guess block out I'm not relying on other people's opinions as much, I suppose. And that's probably been the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. And uh, as you said, that right at the beginning when you were choosing your career, it was partly influenced by those people around you, which for most of us it is at that age. Yeah, that's right. Uh, sometimes we look at what people in our family and what they've done or we look at our friends or we look at our skill set and we go, yeah, that that course seems like it fits what I'm good at. But uh, I think what you're saying is that that deeper heart knowledge that we all have as well, being able to uh, learn to, to make decisions from that place, which mm-hmm. you've really done in the last uh, six months is a huge step and I'm sure that now that you've started listening to that is are more of your decisions do you think coming from that place? Oh absolutely personal and professionally absolutely and I think that that's you really once you give that part of yourself airtime I suppose Mm. it's amazing what the opportunities that seem to just unravel Mm. from it um and it's very easy to, to block that out, block mm. that part of yourself out. And, um, I've, yeah, it's amazing when you actually listen to it, what happens. Yes, <laughs> yeah. We obviously met at the end of last year and uh, where you were at is that at that point is you were part-time teaching. You're also uh, working in two different businesses so your two businesses are these golden days and at that point was Henry and Audrey yeah uh Henry lying (laughs) on the floor in front of us here uh I'm sure he's part of the (laughs) The dog not my not my child (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's part of the naming of that uh, company yeah and at that at that point, you had to make a decision of how do I uh, move forward so that I can become more full-time in this business? Uh, 
do I stay with both businesses? Do I let go of one business? What did that look like? How were you feeling about all of these different moving parts that you had in your life? Uh, dividing your time also between family and being really present in that because I know that's something so important to you. At the end of the day, that's that's number one. But then you also had all these these loves. So what did that process look like of streamlining your life a little bit and really making, they were quite hard decisions to make, weren't they? To, yeah. But maybe yeah. in the end you look back and you go, also that was <laughs> meant to be. Tell us a little bit about the change that you wanted to make in terms of your businesses and being able to really step powerfully into, into that so that you could give it more time and have eventually become your full-time Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess that thinking about it, um, to be honest, it was extremely overwhelming because, mm. um, as as you have said and others have said before, when you're creative, you want to do all the things all the time, <laughs> and I definitely had a case of that. <laughs> um, and I sort of felt like my brain was divided into these compartments of, you know, this is this, this is that. And I was finding it very hard to be present and, you know, add value to my full capacity in each of those mm. roles. So I, I guess it sort of came back to listening to my heart and listening to, you know, my instincts, what I, what I really wanted and, that really allowed me to cross out some of those roles or some of those things that I had thought I had wanted to pursue or, you know, for instance, with my Henry and Audrey business, that was something that I have been really passionate about, um, and event styling, wedding styling. But after having Xander and even when I was pregnant with Xander, it became so draining physically on my mm. body that, it, it started to not be enjoyable anymore mm. and it was that was a it was a hard decision to make but I've slowly stepped away from from some of the full design and styling mm. um, services in that business so I guess when I had come to speak to you yeah it was I think you could tell I wasn't as passionate about that side of it anymore so that was an easy one to say okay well I, you know I love the product design and I love the styling but I, I don't love hiring out equipment and I'm not looking to go into a full-blown warehouse so I was able to sort of direct that goal a little bit differently and able to better intertwine it with my current business yeah yeah and uh sometimes like you said even though when you looked at it on paper that decision was quite easy it can also be really hard to let go of something that Absolutely. you've invested a lot of time in. You've seen uh, these weddings come to life for people. And when I'm sure when you're there at the wedding and you see what you've created, that makes it all worthwhile. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it was really, it, it was a hard decision because I, as I, I so was so passionate about, about helping people, mm. you know, um, have their day be, have their big day brought to life in that way um, and so satisfying 
And I also didn't want people to think that my care factor wasn't there, mm. that I wasn't trying to add value in the same way that mm. I had, had. And I also didn't want people to think that I was jumping from one business to the next because that wasn't the case yes. at all. It was just sort of streamlining, as you said, streamlining my focus. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 as a result, uh, what was amazing is that we were able to come up with ways that you could integrate those services now into your other business and I'm sure they are going to unfold throughout the year so we can't say too much about what's happening (laughs) with those (laughs) absolutely but I think sometimes we look at a business we've created and we look at the results that we get and we get really attached to that but we can also step back from it and look at what you're what you were actually doing in that business and say hey could we also serve my customers and my clients in these golden days with exactly the same thing, but it's packaged in a different way. Yeah. And as soon as we started talking about that, I know that really lit you up because you had done exactly the same things for your own son. So you knew you were capable and you knew it was possible. And then it was just a matter of, well, what would this look like for these people and how do we brand this? And so, yes, stay tuned, people. There's going to be some <laughs> really fun things uh, coming before the end of this year. I would also love to ask you the question because as you were thinking about uh, letting go of teaching in the part-time capacity, which, like you say, teaching is all in, teachers they give everything to that work. So it's not just nine till three in a classroom, it's then reports and coming home and doing work at night and all of those things. So letting go of that part of your identity, I'm sure as much as it added uh, extra load and probably sometimes a bit more stressful than you needed it to be, letting go of that part of your identity was really um, tough, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really tough. Yeah. Yeah, almost like share anything on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I I think it's important to, um, when you're in a role that has such a self-explanatory title, Mm. it's very easy to become defined by that. Mm. And um, it was almost, and I still am. It's almost like a bit of a, not to sound so dramatic, but it is a bit of a grieving. Yes, because it's um. It's so easy to go to a party or meet new people and they ask you what you what, what you do with that inevitable question always comes up and it's so easy to say, oh, I'm a teacher and question answered. There's no <laughs> need to explain, oh, what's that? It's, it's very, everyone knows teacher in some capacity and um, I felt like that also really um, was able to justify my worth in a way and say I am part of something bigger than myself I'm in education and I give you know my all to these kids and even part of my paycheck to these kids because that's what you do as a teacher Mm. and um it was very easy I felt like I needed to justify my worth in Mm. that way and having that teacher identity title uh, was really hard to let go because I felt like suddenly I was naked out in the street yeah. and trying to prove that I was meant to be there. And um, it's, it was really difficult and I, it's still difficult. I'm very much still in the thick of it at the mm. moment, shedding mm. those layers of um, who I've, yeah. And I, and I guess it's, it's also trying to um, 
also understand that you are not your title and you're not yes. your role. You are a person and and just because that's what you do doesn't mean that's who you are. Yes, yes. So that's also been a real mindset shift that I've had to go through as well. Mm. And, and I'm sure it's probably gone deeper for you as well thinking about well I yes I'm a mother and this is my son and and I'm a wife and all of these uh titles that we have but then allowed you to ask those beautiful questions of what who am I underneath Mm. what what do what really lights me up and is that something that I can go through the world and really embody no matter what title I have, right? Yeah. No matter whether right. I'm the mother one minute, the wife the next minute. Um, so I, I love that. And I'm so glad you shared that because I, I've i gone through that myself. And yes, it takes a, quite a bit of time, mm. but it's probably one of the most transformational times in terms of really asking yourself those questions that you've for the last 10 years you've never asked yourself no, never questioned no, never it. needed to <laughs> it's always been really safe <laughs> and yes. like you say you turn up to a party that's really easy to say what you do and then it's uh, kind of question answered okay yeah, what's right. the next one exactly right <laughs> uh uh, also, I think at that time as well, knowing that this was something that you wanted to do in terms of letting go of this of your teaching career, you made the decision to invest in uh, coaching and working with someone. And sometimes uh, that can be really that investing, whilst you know that there's other things down the line, can be really scary because yeah. you know that's. Uh, an amount of money that could be used in other ways. Uh, but I think what I, what I've personally seen, but I would love you to speak to this as well, uh, is that that investment has, uh, you're, you're just an entirely different person. I think in, in, yeah. in many ways, not, uh, it's, it's not about changing you completely, but I've really seen you open up and just grab those opportunities and some wonderful things have crossed your path and you, you've got that heart knowing that we spoke about before. Of, yes, like I'm going to take that and I'm going to yeah. run with that. So talk to us about investing in yourself. What's what's that like? Obviously, I'm, I'm the coach. I'm a big advocate of that. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, so people might be thinking, oh, this is a very loaded question. But for someone that might be sitting there thinking, oh, I'm really struggling with this change or I want to go to the next level, but I just don't know what that looks like or I need to make some decisions and I just need someone to guide me through that. Like what is what is that being like? What was it like to invest in yourself in that way? Look, it was, it, to be honest, it was confronting uh, because you are so good at what you do. I think you do ask those really hard-hitting questions and there were parts of me that I had never <laughs> sort of really, um, you know, gone into and, and looked at why I have, you know, feel a certain way about that. And um, I, it was, it was very transformative and I think I knew that, I had tried everything I had and I had all the support in the world Mm. and I still wasn't reaching that 
sweet spot that I wanted mm. to get to with my, um, I guess with my, my career, I, I, I knew I was, the, the fear of failure was not my, um, was not top of the list anymore. It was, I, I needed to make a change and I was okay if I failed because I wanted to give it a go. And I knew that if I didn't do something about my mindset and about my thought patterns and the way I viewed myself and my worth, then I was going to spend this first six months of 2020 still dealing with that BS. And I just, yeah. I, I can't, you know, I, I didn't have time. So mm. um, I had, I had met you a couple of times and I did feel like I really connected with you. Yeah. And I think that that is number one. Mm. I think if, if you don't connect with the person, then I don't believe it can be completely successful. Yes. Um, and knowing that you had been through this exact same process, you know, years before and you were coming mm. from a place of experience with your coaching was really powerful for me yeah. because it meant that you completely understood where I was coming from and some of the things that you were saying to me, I'm thinking, how does she even know that that's what I'm thinking? It's kind of freaky. But it really, it really, um, you know, reassured me that, that this was completely normal and that's where I'm at now. I This is very uncomfortable for me. Yes. <laughs> this I, whole process. I know. I, I mean, know. even this, I'm still yeah. sweating right now. This is not something that... Um, that I ever would consider to do and putting myself out there in this way. But, um, yeah, every day is a little bit uncomfortable at the moment. I'm going to be honest about that. And mm. um, I, think it, I think people need to know. Yeah. Um, and it is a roller coaster. And But knowing that it's okay and knowing that this is normal and knowing that this is all part of growing and and a bigger process is really reassuring to mm. me that I'm on that I'm on the right path. And uh, like you said, I, I I also feel like I'm a different person than I was when we first mm. started working together. And going through that process with you and those sessions and the coaching prior to, to be honest, prior to that money running out and prior to that safety net being taken out from underneath yeah. me um, in terms of my my teaching job was really important to me. Mm. I needed to do that first and have that space that I could invest in myself while still having the mm. income coming in. Everything else was normal, so I tricked my brain into knowing <laughs> you're still in your comfort zone, it's okay. Yeah. And then um, I felt ready yeah. to take on Yeah. Yeah. this year. Oh, I'm so proud of you, girl. <laughs> Okay, so you've talked a little bit about some of the challenges uh, as you embarked on this change. Is there anything else you wanted to add there in terms of mentally, emotionally transitioning from one career to another? When when you step back and you look at it, you're actually transferring a lot of your skills across into this new business. And I think for you really owning that too and saying well my whole teaching career is actually not lost because I can take the best bits of what I taught in the classroom or the best bits that I've used as a mother and teaching my own child and that's how I can bring that whole skill set into uh, my business it's just that 
now it's all you (laughs) and you're not working for someone else and you're not Mm -hmm. under a curriculum or their direction how does that feel that creative freedom must be like wild in one respect it's it it does feel very liberating to be honest because it's and it does it does feel wild it's it's crazy it feels I feel like I can breathe Mm -hmm. I don't know if Mm. yeah um that's a good way to explain it but for me I feel like I've just let out this huge exhale and go okay well I really love this so yeah. I'm gonna do this because yes. no one is standing there telling me that I can't so um and I know I can add value in this way so I'm going to do that instead of constantly feeling like you've got to check boxes and things like that which unfortunately is a lot part of teaching yes yeah yes and uh, what we also realized together was that you were in bringing those skills across, you're able to create a real point of difference and yeah, that's right in your market as well and yeah. uh, perhaps add some other services that people hadn't really thought about before. Yeah. yeah yeah so that's that's super exciting and I've loved watching you take all of those little steps over the last month or so to really just uh, get to know the people out there that have been following you and yeah. that love your stuff and uh, also the people that you want to really help and giving them little drip, 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 little, little, um, feeding them little bits of information, not overwhelming them with a perfectly finished product. (laughs) And I think that's been a really important step, hasn't it, is to just keep chipping away, engaging that, getting that feedback, gauging their uh, thoughts on what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I feel like I'm really tapping into my, my people and my Mm. niche market and, having that feedback from them is invaluable Mm. and it is I I suppose I'm using my my teacher hat and reflecting on my own practice Mm. because that's that's what I'm doing and I want to make sure that I'm adding value and I'm serving where where best I can Mm. having that feedback from the people who I'm targeting at is has been amazing and it's really directing where I'm going next yeah yeah, that's I love that, and we're going to get to a little bit more of that <laughs> that later. But um, one thing that you touched on a little bit earlier, and this is a question that I wanted to ask you because a lot of the women I come across either working in a coaching relationship or in a workshop or general feedback is that we're quite innately creative bunch, and we have all of these ideas, you're never short of an idea and that's how you've been able to bring things to life so quickly. Uh, I want to want to go through that process of refining your business model a little bit deeper and uh, how that has looked for you and what that's now meaning for your business to rather than, than act on every creative mm. Um, a bit of creative inspiration that you have but really be thoughtful and I guess we talked just then about testing with your market talk to me about that process and uh, what it's now looking 
like in your business in terms of that refinement and some of the things that you're going to be offering? Yeah, so, uh, well, I definitely have a case of all the ideas and, <laughs> yes, not enough time to do them or not feasible. So um, that has that was probably, that in my mindset was one of the things I really needed help with, I suppose. Mm. And my husband and my sister-in-law actually said to me, you need to sit down and you need to actually work out what your plan is because we love all your ideas, but we don't really know what you're doing. (laughs) And I totally get that. And in my brain, it all worked, but to others, and I, yeah, understand that. So um, I guess what I found really helpful with working with you with the business model was looking at what my skills were because there were things that I had never considered I could actually bring into mm. my business and people would want that. Mm. Um, to be honest, all of the teaching, all the educational side of things, I'm, I didn't realise how passionate I was about that until I stepped away from the mm. day-to-day role of being a teacher. I, I felt like that allowed me then to actually really embrace the things I loved about education to begin with and why I went into it to start with. So you really helped me to see that that there was a whole skill set there that, you know, not everyone has mm. and that could actually be a service that I could be offering. So um, and what that would look like mm. in terms of, you know, um, downloadable resources or workshops or uh, product packs that had mm. an educational undercurrent and they were adding value to people and um, helping to bring those things into someone's home that um, might not have that educational background because I think you often take these things for granted that you know this but you've been at uni for four years and you've taught for mm. you, you know so um, working with you definitely really helps me with my business model and also I think stepping away from it as being a hobby into more of a business, it needed to be generating income. Mm. And to be honest, that's a huge driver because you can have all the ideas in the world, but if no one's buying them or no, you're not getting paid for them, then you don't really have a business. A business. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that's been really difficult for me because... Uh, and I think a lot of people go through this is knowing your financial worth Mm. is really difficult to put a figure on that Mm. and not just a not just a product it's also factoring in your experience and the value that you bring to that product and then how do you price that is really difficult so that's something that you and I worked together on and um you know, and looking at different tiers for different products Mm. and services and um, to cater to that wider community. Not everyone is going to be able to or want to pay for the top service. So Mm. looking at a business model that catered for a lot of different income levels and, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it there. Uh, And sometimes... I mean, firstly, I think having that outside view of your business and and having someone there that you trusted. And I know that sometimes I asked you some very straight questions that, like you said, Mm. might have felt quite uncomfortable in the moment. And 
totally coming from a place of love, not not from a place of interrogation yeah, no. <laughs> or this is wrong or anything yes. like that. Uh, but in doing so, you were also to able to step back from your business and look at it. And I think one of the things that we did most recently was we said, okay, what is it going to look like in terms of ideal monthly earnings, wasn't it? Yes. That was an exercise yes. that we did. Yeah. And then being able to break that down for you in terms of, well, looking at all the revenue streams and some of them are still in the process of being built and may not be unveiled till the end of this year. So things will will keep building and, and compounding. But for you, it was able to go, okay, what does this actually look like mm. in dollars and cents? That's like if right. I get super practical with this yeah. and if I really want to replace my income, what is that going to look like? And I think once you get clear on those numbers, it's a matter of taking those numbers off yeah. the list uh, and um, – in that process, it probably became much more real for you. Yes. Yeah. What it was going to look like to be full-time in your business. Absolutely. <laughs> and what, yeah, and what I needed to be earning and what, um, you know, to supplement my income and mm. that all became very real. Doing business plans and things like that was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not a hobby anymore. <laughs> no, and, and great that you have a husband who is in finance as well. Yes. Because oh. <laughs> then you could take that and he could also give you his uh, perspective That's as right. well. So I love that he... Uh, supports you on the creative side because for him that's probably not uh, you know he's very much in the numbers so creativity and earning money from that skill set is probably very different to him and so I love that he really supports you on that but then he can also step in and be that that practical voice yes that level headed (laughs) yeah Yeah, compliment each other yes yeah we all love our men for that reason or our women Um, Cool. So I want to dive into some more rapid fire questions around uh, life and business Mm -hmm. and that balance with you. You have a beautiful little two-year-old. He's a little bit older than two now. um, Boy, Xander. And uh, dog, Henry, on the floor here. (laughs) Talk to us about balancing business and motherhood and any tips or tricks that you have perhaps uh, conversations even that you've had to have with your husband about how you divide your time and uh, how he can support you to be able to step into your business more rather than feeling like you have to do your business around everything else in your life yeah yeah talk talk me through that uh, and maybe some of these things are things that you implemented a while ago, but I guess as you've now freed up your time a little bit more, uh, how have you? How are you managing all of this? <laughs> yeah. In short, okay. <laughs> um, look, it is a constant juggle, and it always will be. Uh, but for me, what works for me is that my son and my life and my business all work together. So um, like I said before, I, I tried for many years having the different roles and that, uh, today I'm a teacher, today I'm a mum, today I'm a 
whatever and that doesn't work mm. for me I need okay. my ideal day is having balance mm. in all of those roles that's what lights me up so mm. um you know Xander does go to daycare two days a week which is really helpful because on those days they're the days that I get the stuff done that I cannot do with him because when I'm with him I I need to be 100% present with him. Mm. So the things that I can't do with him, whether that's uh, writing or filming a podcast or (laughs) whatever that may be, they're the things that I do on those days when I know that he is having a great time at school and he's well taken care of. So, um, But when you're in your own own business – you're on 24-7. So there were some boundaries that I needed to put in place for myself. Uh, I, you know, I, I, there were was a time where I was answering emails 24-7 and I, I don't do that anymore. At night time, there is a moment when I shut off mm. and that's it um, and everything else starts again the next morning. But I try to structure it so that Xander is a really big part of what I do. So if we're out sourcing items or picking things up or um, you would have probably noticed he's my key model in a lot of my my shoots. So I try to integrate him into that because essentially he's the reason why I'm doing it. Mm. So I want him to be a part of that. Mm. And he's at a great age where he's happy to come along with me and go treasure hunting and go to the park and he'll happily oblige me taking a few photos of him along the way. So things like that that I can do with him and make it fun, mm. I, I would do that on the days that I'm that I'm mum and I'm mm. with him. Um, but there are always times where things come up and he's not at school and I need to get something done. So having a separate workspace for me was really important and that was something that I that I've had for a couple of years now so that um, there wasn't there wasn't that crossover with having the dining room table covered in work things and him running around. Mm-hmm. So having that workspace where it's separate and I can close the door and then go back to it when I've got a chance is really mm-hmm. helpful for me. But then also I try to you have a space in the lounge room where I've got my laptop and if, if he's happily playing, then I'll quickly send an email and mm. and that's fine. But um, definitely becoming a little bit more flexible with the way I do things was really important to me because I, yeah, like I said, I want him to be a part of it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, I suppose like Owen, my husband, is, like I said, really supportive. So if I've had a day where I've, it's been mumming all day and that's what it's been and I haven't had a chance to do any work. When he comes home, he will often take Xander to the park and I'll do a couple of hours work. Mm. But we always have dinner together. Yeah. We always do bedtime together and everything else works around yeah. that stuff, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah, amazing. I love hearing that and perhaps for the mamas or the mamas-to-be, they can take a bit of um, your wisdom from that and – what you're illustrating as well I think something in that that people won't be aware of uh when I first started working with Kendall one of the things that I asked her was well what is how does 
this business or how do these businesses fit into your life? What do you want your day-to-day life look like? And you were super, super clear on that. Mm-hmm. And I can see now how you're continuing to live into that as well. And that uh, taking on these businesses has been uh, more of a natural progression in order to keep following that dream of how you want to live your life with your family. And uh, I think that's really important for anybody as well as uh, if they're making a decision in terms of their career, which way to go is sit down and think about how you want to live your life and running a business might not actually be how you, you might not like the flexibility that Kendall has in terms of going here, there and everywhere. And you might really prefer a lot of structure and uh, she's okay right now with a level of uncertainty, whereas some people might need that 100% certainty in Mm. their life. And so I think uh, that work up front of you saying, well, how do I want to live my life? Am I living my life like that now? How can I start to do little bits of that? And and even with uh, the conscious exchange, uh, the types of people that you collaborate with, uh, Emma's quite aligned with you. She's a different person, but she's also quite aligned on a lot of your values and She's okay with Xander being there and things like that. So I think other decisions that you then make in your business become easier. Yes. Clear on that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Okay, so tell us a little bit about what these golden days is because we've gone straight into this podcast (laughs) episode, probably needed to rewind (laughs) back to the beginning, but obviously I'll give everyone a little bit of a, a introduction before we jump into the episode. Yeah, so uh, these golden days was well based and born out of uh, my early days of motherhood and the golden the, the days of D A Z E of newborn <laughs> days, days yeah. and um, and just how beautiful it can be and um, and crazy as well. So. Uh, Basically, uh, what it is, is it's a community, I guess, first and foremost, um, where I share educational resources, lessons, uh, lesson plans, uh, products that all align with nature. Um, It's very, my approach to education is very nature inspired um, and connecting with with the real world I suppose um and I it it began by me I guess finding these products that I was just in love with for my own son that I felt really aligned with that um whether that was beautiful sensory play products or products that were made from natural timbers and wood and foraged and Mm. and sourced from fallen branches and things like that um and I thought wow people really need to know about this and Mm. people really need to see that you know there is a place for for toys that are you know have all the bells and whistles and then that's fine but I I wanted to really highlight that hey nature is beautiful and we can learn so much and our kids can learn so much and I think in this day and age instilling that love of the environment and that respect for nature is really important Mm. and I think you know coming from that love comes 
um, you know, for, flows on with sustainability and really respecting the environment and looking at ways that we can minimise our impact. So I think those, the products that I have for sale and that I source for these golden days really align with, with that passion and that love of the environment. And um, with my teaching background, I've started to produce resources that, mm. that can be used alongside the products. Because like I said before, I think we take for granted that, you know, you've got these beautiful products and they look amazing. They're all, you know, natural and, and they look lovely on a shelf, but they're actually so valuable in, um, you know, kids' development, I think, mm. yeah, showing that how you can use them in your home and on a day-to-day basis is really important. So this year that's uh, sort of the the road that these golden days is going down is looking at how I can add value with educational mm. resources as well for, mm. for mums and dads mm. and I'm also selling the products myself and looking at how we can use pre-loved and, and vintage products in our homes as well. How does that work with uh, sourcing products in terms of the vintage and pre-loved? I would apart from Facebook Marketplace or eBay or something like that, I know that this is uh, becoming a a really popular way for people to, uh, you know, earn some some change on the side as a a side business. Yes. Uh, But the way in which you do it is very uh, curated as well and aligned with the values of your business. You're not just immediately looking at something as, oh, I think this could uh, make a sweet profit in a few months if I buy this now for this price and then on sell it in in a few months or a year's time or whatever. But I want to know, like, how do you source products? Like, what does that look like if someone was thinking about uh, buying their own like pre-loved toys or and doing something similar maybe uh, yeah what where do you even start <laughs> I think there's a there's a lot to be said for it's a skill it, it is a skill <laughs> and it is it is time consuming mm. because you know we we don't call it treasure hunting Xander and I for nothing it is yeah it is sometimes a half a day process a few times a week um, to find some really beautiful resources and items that that align with with what I'm trying to Mm. share but um, that you know you can find so many amazing things in charity stores and thrift stores and I think having something that's vintage or pre-loved has a lot of character and you, yeah, you can find some amazing things just by going to your local thrift stores. And right. that's what Sandra okay. and I do a lot. We'll go and there's, you know, we're pretty lucky in Newcastle. We have quite a number of really great mm. charity stores and we're supporting your local community by mm. shopping there as well. So uh, that's probably our first place that we will go and we'll look and we will can be very overwhelming mm. for, for some people because you sometimes some of them you literally need to hunt really? and move okay. things around and we find lots of hidden gems under things and yeah um you know f- yes facebook marketplace is great as well um i i just think anywhere that you can buy something secondhand is a great place to start mm-hmm. 
you know, because you're, mm. you're supporting your local community and we are trying to create, you know, a bit of a circular economy. Mm. And there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of value to be to be found. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how do you unsell your products then? What different uh, avenues do you have? For, so you find your treasures, do you have to restore them at all? Sometimes we yeah. do, yeah. Um, sometimes we're lucky and they're beautiful and beautiful conditions. Sometimes, you know, they have been painted or... Uh, they've been damaged or in some way we might want to change it somehow so uh, there is there is a bit of time that goes into them Mm. whether that's me just cleaning them or I might be actually sanding them back or adding different parts of things Um, cane is a I'm a bit of a crazy cane lady (laughs) so you know that can be really delicate so knowing a little bit about how you can restore cane Mm. um, is something that I needed to learn and, um, yeah, so there is a little bit of time that goes into that before I would on-sell it. And I did start on-selling it uh, just with friends and family because people were really interested in, mm. in what I was finding. Mm. And like I said, it's time-consuming, so people wanted that convenience and they would often tell me, I'm looking for a cane doll's chair, so I would go and I would find it for them and then they would pay me for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but then it turned into something bigger and uh, I started doing local markets. Uh, it's a really great market in Newcastle, which is eco-focused and sustainable focused. Um, and that's the one I've been doing um, for a while now, homegrown, which is great. And uh, that's a really great avenue for selling because people are really keen to to come and they've got, like you said, a curated collection there waiting mm. for them and you can I can show them how they can use it in their home. Mm. And a lot of these products that we find and treasures that we find can be repurposed in so many different ways and often I'll find kitchenware that can be used in sensory play activities. And Wow, okay. Uh, you know, so there's a You're whole so lot of different things. So <laughs> even finding things like uh, we found a... Owen calls it a gherkin container. <laughs> I guess it is for, for pickles. But it's got a little handle and it's made of bamboo and it's got the tongs. Mm. And that is a great product for using for fine motor skills for, mm, right. you know, collecting uh, pine nuts and uh, you call it like gum nuts and things like that. Mm. And so things like that. It's it's about reshaping and, and re-looking at how you can use something in a different way. It's probably first and foremost. Mm what what I'm trying to do rather than you needing to go out and you need to buy all of these things brand new a lot of the time you can look around your home or if you can't you can go to your local thrift store or someone like me who's found Mm. it for you and you know have a beautiful product that's been recycled and serves the exact same purpose yes yes (laughs) I love that uh we spoke a little bit about at the beginning in terms of refining your business model and getting in front of your niche with these new products that you're creating in terms of the sensory play and education space. And I know that something that we did together as an exercise was re-clarifying who your niche was, especially now that you were uh, stepping back from your wedding styling business and moving 100% into these golden days, it was a great opportunity for us to 
to do that and maybe these were some questions also that you you'd known subconsciously because of your own values and why you created it and you knew there was a demand but it was asking that question of who are these people yes that I want to uh, serve and I want to put my products in front of talk to us about that process of redefining your niche a lot of people uh, or rather refining your niche, not redefining. And I know I'm just going to put a caveat on this, that a lot of people are very new to that work, even though they might have been in business for a while or they find it scary or confronting or confusing. <laughs> I'm sure all the emotions come up when yes. a business coach asks you to, to do this work. And I know I resisted it or did it really half us for a long time. So I would love you to share with us, Kendall, what that looks like and uh, how you've now found out, now that you've found out who they are, how you can powerfully connect with your people. Yeah, well, yes, I, I found <laughs> it very, this is probably the most difficult task that you had set for mm. me. It's so important, but I did find it really difficult because I kept, coming back to well this person is it's me my market is myself and someone like me and that's not really feasible so all the time so um yeah I think asking those questions like you know what what do these people value what does my ideal client um what do they need what does their day look like things like that really help to okay well you know is there a way that I can serve this person and I can add you know a convenience factor to them mm. is there something that I can provide that's going to make their make their life easier in some way is there a product that can be an extension of that mm. um, a service uh, something and out of that um, I was able to develop a number of products just from that one question mm. and um and I think, like I said before, I, I sort of took for granted that my niche market or my ideal customer would, would know how to implement this, these products and this educational focus, I guess, into their home. And that's not always the case. So I'm taking that for granted because I have that knowledge and that skill set. So again, taking a step back and going, okay, well, you know, how can I provide value in that way and what's something that I can that I can create that's going to help, you know, the everyday woman who's, you know, may have a child or um, and make their day a little bit easier. So those questions really help define a lot of the products and a lot of the services that are coming in and have come from, you know, this business already. Yeah, I think you're exactly right is that what I'm getting from that is initially we often create our businesses because of our own journey or yes. because of a need that we had. And yes, a lot of times that means that your customers will be just like you. But I think you nailed it on the head when you said I was taking for granted all of this uh, background knowledge that I had in all of this work that I was doing to get these products to where they were and sometimes we assume that our uh, 
customer or client or guest or whoever they are for you has that same knowledge and has that same amount of time and same care factor and yes you probably got this overlap of values number one uh that's important to you that Mm -hmm. they're buying it from the same place is uh, in terms of like what they believe yes uh but then it was also asking the question of well what's this person's life like and yes we might be raising our children in a similar way but they might not have the same amount of time or they might not have the same educational background and how and that's where the question as you said at the beginning understanding your worth and your value that was where you were able to realize oh okay I get it that's right this is this is why this is so valuable to these people and yeah uh they want to create a certain transformation for their children and who they are as parents how can I make that really easy and fun and yeah things like that for them and not to sound not to sound cocky but I I sort of uh I thought, well, if our values are are the same and our our goals in terms of what we want to provide for our children may be really similar, what do I have that they don't have Mm. that I can then be stepping in and saying, okay, well, I can provide you this. This is something that I would use, but it's not necessarily something that, you know, everyone would have. So what can I provide Mm. for for them? Yes, yes, 100%. And I'm sure... uh, when you get into the world of parenting, it can also be quite overwhelming too. Yeah. So uh, being able to take that overwhelm, I know that was something that we spoke about a lot is that A, becoming a parent is probably quite overwhelming. How do you uh, raise your children with your values and give them the experiences and then B, especially the whole world of sustainability and being eco-conscious and all of these words that we throw out there uh, in terms of what this market is, uh, how do you make that easy, that choice for them? Because they may be a double-income family that's working – both working 40 hours a week and they want to give their kids that that choice uh, and and show them about sustainability, but they just don't have the time to think That's about right. it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think once that, all those pieces came together, you were like, oh, this is a whole lot easier. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it actually yeah. opened up so many different ideas and, mm. you know, it was, yeah. So that, that process is overwhelming and daunting as it was. Definitely key. Yes, yes. And and nothing great comes easy, right? Absolutely. Um, it's if if you really want to ask the, the hard questions, it is gonna be a bit confronting, it's gonna be a bit uncomfortable. You're really going to have to dig in there. And uh the result of it though is that you've been able to get a really clear direction for your business yes. now. Yeah. And you're really clear on what your focus is too within yeah. your business. I'm not trying to be everything to every yeah, one that's right. that even wants to raise their kids in this uh, environment or in this kind of way. But where can I add that little bit of value to their day? So love that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all that goodness. Okay, 2020, uh, final question. What's next for you, Kendall, and for these golden days can you share anything 
really fun that's on the cards for your business that you people can expect to see this year? Yeah, well, uh, well just recently uh, we've just uh, collaborated with Emma from Baby Comeback Vintage um, in a store in Lambton, the Conscious Exchange, which is really exciting. So that's very recent as of last week. Yes. So uh, I've been very busy with, with that little venture. So uh, really stepping into that and releasing new products. And uh, I'd love to, and I'm working on some workshops and things that we can have offered to, to parents who are really keen to dabble in the world of sensory play mm. and nature-based learning for their children. Mm. So that's something that I'm working on at the moment. And I'm really hoping that later in the year I could start bringing in and offering some design and, and um, I guess, interior styling services for nurseries and playrooms, but all based around um, sustainable, sustainable living and, and how we can create a beautiful eco-focused environment for our children in our own homes and what that looks like and and how I can help with that, I suppose. So, um, yeah, lo- lots of things happening and lots of things that are popping up as well unexpectedly, which is really nice. So, uh, but definitely 2020 is a busy year. <laughs> but you've done all the work. You, yes. you know who you need to be, you know how you need to show up in terms of the mindset work that we we did, and I think that's equally as important, isn't it? You can yes. have a wonderful-looking to-do list and all of these great projects that you want to conquer this year, but, uh, you know, if you know how to move through the fear and the discomfort, because some of these things are also going to be uh, putting you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yes. So, yeah, super, super exciting, Kendall. I really wish you the best for this year. Thank you. And, uh, it's been a pleasure to be part of your life and uh, share this, this little <laughs> snippet of your journey with you. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. You have everything you need to create the change you desire. All you need to do is see the possibility. Hey there, if I could say this one sentence to your face right now, would you believe me? Pages of Possibility is a daily journaling practice and it is the very thing that allowed me to believe those words more than anything. So before you go, my love, I want to make sure that you get your hands on this super simple tool. If you're feeling a little stuck about your work, your career or a dream you have, Pages of Possibility has the power to get you unstuck in minutes. With every small action you complete from your journal, your confidence grows tenfold. You attract new opportunities and you have the support you need to make the change happen. Be the woman who moves towards her dreams. Download your free Pages of Possibility journal by heading to rubymarsh.com right now.